0: Hi, I'm Janie Morris. Welcome to another episode of our very special one-off series, Women in Politics Independence Day 2022. As you're aware by now, uh, if you've been listening to this series or if you've only just tuned in for the very first time, we decided to create this one-off series because the voices of women are getting louder. The voices of women wanting to take action is getting louder and we wanted to focus on the political side of things because in every state, in every uh, country around the world right now, women are running for seats in their political communities. As independence more than ever before and there's a strong reason for that and so in this series we're inviting lots of these amazing women these independent women that are running and finding out a little bit more about them so not so much like you've been seeing when you see them within the mainstream media we sort of have a chat and find out a little bit about them and of course what they're going to be doing and how they're looking at the landscape of politics at the moment in their local communities. My guest today is Julianne Finney. Now for people in Australia, for our Australian audience, you would be well aware of Julianne Finney. Her story is uh, powerful, her family story about her son David is powerful and she has not been silent in this area. We're going to let her talk to you a little bit more about that, but Julianne, Welcome to Women in Politics Independence Day.
1: Thank you so much, Jane.
0: It's fantastic to have you with us. And um, as I mentioned, if if it's okay with you, we'd like to have a bit of a chat with you about your background and, and so that our viewers and our listeners can get to know Julianne Finney a little bit more. So you live in Adelaide in South Australia,
1: is that right? That's right, I do. And, uh, yeah, I've been here all my life, apart from the short time uh, that I lived in Sydney when I was married in the early 80s, long time ago.
0: And um, you, uh, you have t- you have two children and your son, David. Uh, tragically, you lost him in 2019. And, uh, and as I said, these Australians know a bit of your story. Can you, can you share a little bit about that with
1: us, Julianne? Sure, Um, and I was very happy um, prior to my son dying. I just had a a normal life where I went to work and uh, just did mum things, I think, you know, a bit of a social life and and then David passed away. And I realised that uh, David perhaps could have been saved. Um, I'll never know that completely. He took his own life, he's a veteran, and he took his own life after 20 years of service. I realized when I was trying to get help and answers that uh, the complete tragedy of veteran suicide was one big cover up. And so I thought, well, this is the last thing I get to do for my son. I'm not going to bury him and walk away. I had no idea of the fight that I was entering when that happened. And it was a fight, even three years down the track, that fight is not over, um, but I'm not going away
0: why um so uh, su- suicide as a whole is 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 a tragic and um uh, a tragic and uh, a very personal story for more people than we would like to have um in particular as you said you know david david was a veteran uh in the australian forces and uh it's it's really cracked open a real a real issue here that, as you say has it it's been like it's been tried to be covered up and what have you this is this is your driving force in your life as you say, and you're doing this doing this for David. Can you give us a little bit of from from your knowledge and understanding and uh, and awareness? why is it? that there are so many, why suicides in the forces?
1: Because, Jane, we tend to look after the higher ranking people. We tend to look after what government wants you to see and we tend to throw um, the lower ranking veterans under the bus. Now, Defence is very well aware that they take our young men and women away from their families and become their family um, until they're no good to them. So I'm not talking about my son being broken in the first six months. I'm talking about him serving 20 years, being commended, being decorated. But when they thought that he was no good to them because he had PTSD and a few other mental health issues, they discarded him. Rather than try and get him back to the best that he could be, uh, to try and build him back up to continue serving in the forces, which is what he wanted. He was quite literally discarded Um, and it would be great if we never spoke about him again. And I thought that I was unique. I thought that that this story nobody would understand, but I'm actually one of hundreds and hundreds and I just could not stand back and let it keep happening. And it does keep happening. In fact, um, it's it's not a story I want to go into, but um, just this week I've been contacted by someone who lost their son five days ago Um, he was due to be discharged the day after his suicide and it's just still happening we're still not looking after those that we we take away from their families we build them up and we expect them to treat uh, everything everything defense but then when they're not doing well discard them we can't have that anymore so what what
0: sort of things when you made the decision to to really get out and take and and be a voice and 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 start shaking the cage essentially on all of this what 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 sort of things did you start to do in that in that space Julianne?
1: so um i i really wasn't this person and it was quite amazing but i emailed um the newspaper here in adelaide the advertiser Quite a few times, I've become quite a pain and um, also um, took over a petition. I found that people had been calling for a Royal Commission into feminine suicide for quite some time. And I um, rung the owner of the petition, I still call him a legend, and said I had some ideas. And he said, Look, here's the password and the email, it's stagnant. So I really started that going on um, again on Facebook and just getting the paper to uh, put that petition in there. And uh, and that petition then made other newspapers contact me as well as The Current Affair. A Current Affair, and I, I have to give them kudos, did a really wonderful story that for me um, in the media, um, that wasn't print media, got everything going. I've got a few firsts that one day I'll get to thank, but um, it, was, it was getting it out there. And then my story was Australia wide So, um, and the petition went up to over 400,000 signatures. I did not take no for an answer um, from politicians because politicians, I think that they thought that they could placate me. I was simply a mother who was grieving and they could placate me, but it became no longer about David. It became about all veterans. And then it became about all people as I could watch the same thing happening to other community groups. Um, we have people without the knowledge trying to help people. Um, you know, the government gets together and discusses it without having the lived experience and, uh, and they decide who they're going to fund. Basically, that's what they do. They fund programs, they fund institutions and the government decides who is going to do best without really listening to the stories. Because if those institutions were working well in so many areas, in aged care, we fund providers, but there's no staff to um, to patient ratio. There's no training. Our carers are on minimum wage. Um, they they turn over staff like nowhere. It's not care for elderly. They fund institutions to look after veterans that are all about their prominence and you know and and the president. The president is always a very prominent person. There is nothing in there to look after age. There is nothing in there to look after veterans. Indigenous, we have white men being funded to look after Indigenous. And I ask every Australian, we we think that Indigenous is quite often who we see on the street. But if you go to an Indigenous community, our white systems will not work. We need to be funding the elders to look after the culture and the people that they understand. So we are funding all the wrong people. So if I'm in the Senate, I want to see that if we do continue to fund inappropriate people, there has to be more um, legislation, if you like, like with elderly staff to patient ratio, with veterans programs to help veterans and and really get ahead with indigenous, programs that are for Indigenous youth or Indigenous children or even Indigenous adults it's it's no use saying well why don't you go out and get a job their life has not been like my life and I did not understand white privilege but that's exactly where it is I've had a white man's education I live in in a white society Um, if you go into a community they need different things and only the people that are involved in that community can tell you what you need.
0: It's a really, it's a really good point of discussion as well, Julianne. One of my guests um, on our Women in Politics Independence Day podcast series um, mentioned that she was having a conversation with a Indigenous elder, uh, a, a lady, a lovely lady. And the lady asked asked my guest at this point, she said, what did your mother's mother's mother do in her life that everyone talks about and my guest said that she looked at this woman and said oh my gosh i i I couldn't even tell you and the lesson in that statement that this wonderful indigenous elder was attempting to get across is well, we know what our mothers, 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 mothers did generations and generations ago. It's 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 a lesson of education that all communities and all races should have. And so, I guess you know that that sort of backs up some of the things that you're saying for the reasons why we should be we have to. I mean, it's not should we 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 must.
1: They um, have to have a. Or- a voice of their own and uh and i you know talk about that i'm even learning myself so apologies to anyone listening if i say anything racist i'm trying to learn for instance i'm one of those people that has always said our first nations they're not mine they're first nations people and i'm learning as i go along but unfortunately um It's not my upbringing and that's no excuse, Mm. but I'm learning. So I have to keep saying, I'm sorry, if I say something racist, but pull me up on it. Um, I want to get it right. Just as the same as I don't want someone to talk down to me because I'm a woman. I don't want someone to talk down to me or or treat me like our women because I'm not yours. I'm a woman and and so I understand. And so I'm trying to get the language right as well. And I, I know that I'm learning so
0: much. I think one of the things that has impressed me personally as I've followed your journey, Julianne, since you announced that you were going to be running in the next federal election in Australia uh, for a um, a federal seat is that um, the balance in your conversations about, um, yes, you are a, a very passionate and empowered woman. However, every issue that you are discussing and that you want to contribute to change has that beautiful balance. It's it's not a just it's not just about women. It's women and men. It's like yes. helping the community as a whole. Um, am, am I
1: right in that observation? I like to say communities because yes, it's the community as a whole, but but they're all very different. So. Again, I'm going back to the aged care community, um, to the indigenous community, to the veteran community. And, and these are all groups that need, um, and women women and, and um, people who need education, they're all groups that need different things that need to be changed. And I look at it um, in a very simplistic way. Years ago, we used to buy our goods and services and anybody who got rich, it was because of their goods and services. And then we had a true trickle down economy because we had wages and wages growth. And, you know that people wanted to make more money. Now we have um, we have a, a, an economy where we fund the rich. They don't have to do the job as well. They don't have to pay as well. They're not fighting for their job. They're just funded. And I've got nothing against rich people. Good luck to them. But we have to look after. Uh, there there can't be such a huge gap between rich and and poverty, Um, you know, and and looking at what the federal government, so another one that I will definitely fight against is the cashless debit card. And it's very easy to say why I would fight against that because my own mother, my parents are, you know, well into their 80s uh, and they've looked after their money. And if they want to go and put $10 in the pokies or go out with their friend and have two glasses of wine, Who are we to stop them? Who are we to say, if you're budgeting well, now look, if the government really believes that it will help people to budget and put food on the table, let people opt into it. Let people opt in, but it is not the way. We have not become a country where we tell people what to spend their money on. Yes, we need to look after the children, And we would all much rather they spend anybody on the cashless debit card. We would all much rather they spend their money on food rather than alcohol. That is a minority. Mm -hmm. We, We talk like that is the majority and it's not. So that sort of thing as well. People shouldn't be living in such poverty in such a rich country.
0: What a, when, when you're out and about, and, and I know you're, you're incredibly active, I know you've also got the current Royal Commission that you're uh, involved with, contributing to, and a part of um, as well, but I, know, I also know that you're incredibly active out in the community uh, at, in the lead-up to the next federal election. When you're out and about, Julianne, what are people saying to you that they want?
1: So uh, for the most part, um, I do hear about the cashless debit card. I don't know if that's uh, um, because a lot of people aren't on welfare, but, but see it as um, there are some people who say we need it. We need to stop them as in people on welfare mm. drinking. They've got to put food on the table. It's actually, I see it as quite racist because mm. we're actually mostly talking about, I mean, it was always trialed in Indigenous communities, It's actually quite racist to start with, but to to carry it on, um, and and I'll talk about this is just another privatization of a government um, a a government responsibility. Like like our aged care, it's no longer a you know I mean federal government's got responsibility, but it's privatized, and we're going to do the same to Centrelink. It doesn't work. We need to have rules and. and, and, and things in place that protect people because nobody is just, they're all the same, nobody. And so I do hear a lot about that. Um, and a lot of people are worried about our, um, our aged at the moment. Naturally, I'm in a, in a circle where I hear a lot about veterans, but aged, we're absolutely right. You know, um, I know that time passes. I mean, at 17, I thought I'd be 17 forever um <laughs> that's not going to happen we all <laughs> there may be may a time where I need the aged care and you know I want I want to be able to eat food that I enjoy I, I don't if I can't clean myself I want to be clean you know that these are very simple requests yet we're not meeting them
0: what do you um uh wh- what does accountability mean to you Julianne and and how do you how do you see that when you win uh in the next federal election representing South Australia in Canberra I think
1: I hope to never um to spin and lie I hope to be able to be honest like I didn't um now I say hope because I will be to the best of my ability but when I watch what goes on in Parliament I watch them not tell the whole truth. So there might be something that's said, but it's not the whole truth. It's not, it doesn't come with the underlying. Like um, for me, it was. It started with the national commissioner that wasn't a Royal commission, And I was told by Scott himself that this would be bigger and better. That was not the truth. It was a big cover up. So we need to be honest about why we're covering up. Like we don't want you to know that you know, we, we spend $4 a meal on, on aged. What we want you to know is we supply all this funding for meals. There has to be, there has to be things within the act that demands that, that what we expect happens. It's not enough to in the budget say, and we're putting in another 100 million into aged care because everybody goes, oh, pure we need it. Where are you putting that 100 million? so accountability to me looks like honesty with a little bit of detail behind the announcement
0: now as I mentioned you're running in you're running in the next Australian uh, federal election Uh, which will be coming up very soon (laughs) Um, and you're Mm -hmm. running for a Senate seat representing the state of South Australia in Australia, just for all of my international viewers and listeners uh, that we have, our audience. Um, And so I think it's very apt what you just said then, that you're running for a Senate seat because in Australia, in federal government, the Senate is pretty much known as the gatekeepers of all legislation and of what happens in 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 government. And so it it's very powerful for an independent to actually be in that really important place in in Canberra. Um, So when you get
1: there, (laughs) Julianne,
0: and I think is it May this year? 2022 that we're we looking
1: still at? We don't know. I know as much as everybody else, but it should be around May, yes.
0: Right. So so between now and when the election happens, what can people do to help you uh, on your campaign now, Julianne? What do you need from people?
1: So um, it's um, I've just... Um, so, so to be really honest, um, during the Royal Commission, I've um, spent all my money. So I am going to set up something like GoFundMe um, for brochures and uh, and posters around the place. Um, I've had my car done. Uh, basically, I want to get out there and just talk. I'd love people, I've had my car done, so I'd love people to stop me and talk to me if, if they see me out and about. It's just got my name on it, my photo and the local party. So, um, and um, and I would love if people could help me out with the brochures when I set that up it'll be on my Twitter and my Facebook but only if you can afford it I do not want you to go without to help me out here because I know how much people are struggling at the moment I absolutely understand and uh, but I'd be grateful for any help I can get at all and that is coming out and perhaps with the way things are one of the hardest things for me to do and uh is to say that I need help financially, but I'm in the same position as many of you.
0: So so Julianne, um, it's, it's a very exciting time for you, as well as um, a tough time on a personal level because of, of the Royal Commission. Um, what can, when you get into the Senate, what can the South Australian community expect from Julianne Finney for them?
1: It's very hard to look after an individual. Um, So if if someone comes and and says, they've got this individual problem, but I do believe that together, together we can fix a lot of community problems, which do fix the individual problems. So it's hard to see sometimes um, that you're looking at a blanket um, approach that, that covers all of a community. But if we have a real community problem and, you know, like I've been fighting for veteran suicide, but there's Indigenous suicide and there's youth suicide. If we have a community problem, we can come together. And it's, it's a matter of listening, not me talking at what has to happen, because I don't I don't know. It's through listening and learning that as a community, we can come together to fix these issues, to come up with solutions, and then just together we fight for them. We fight for them because all of us, no matter what community issue is facing us, money is an issue for those of us with the issue. It's not an issue for those that are set up to put programs in place. So we need to find um, we need to find that the funding goes to people that listen to those with the issue. So I I, I want communities, and I, I keep saying that, but it is all those communities that need better care, better funding. Uh, it needs the funding needs to hit the community in question,
0: Julianne. Before I let you go, um, I'm going to ask you the question I always ask my guests because it's a very powerful way to end an interview. If you had an eight year old Julianne in front of you right now, what advice would you give her?
1: Oh my goodness, I think there's a few things that I'd say. One of them is, do you know what? It doesn't matter how you look, or um, You know, a smile always makes you look good and it's not going to matter because someone is always going to find you good to look at and someone is always going to find you not good to look at. Concentrate on having a good heart. Try to understand what somebody else is going through, which is really easy if you've got a hungry child over there, another eight year old who's hungry and I'm not hungry and there's a piece of chocolate. Understand that they need it more than you. You want it more, they need it more. Just look at what people need and, uh, and and we can help people out and you will get that same help back. You will get that same help back when you're the one that's hungry.
0: That's great advice, Julianne. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I'm also really excited to find out that in the um, latest issue of the Shiro's Unlimited magazine, which is their first issue, that's our, our sister company, Shiro's Unlimited, um, they're uh, the first issue for 2022, which, by the way, I found out this morning is the biggest issue they've ever produced. Um, also, f- it features um, many uh, independent women, women who are running for independent seats in local community, state, as well as federal elections coming up. Uh, and and you're the feature story, which is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you so much for you. And
1: for I that. forward to Yeah, I do look forward to reading about all, all these women you know and I want to say to them you know I wish you all the best a lot of you are going to be successful but you've already achieved just by getting up and doing something that you believe in and thank you That's that's
0: beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that everybody that's in that magazine, as well as all of our guests that we're interviewing in this very special series will hear what you just said. So thank you for that sentiment as well. Um, Julianne Finney, Representing the local party for the federal uh, Senate seat in the next Australian election, uh, representing South Australia, we wish you all the best. We know that you're going to do incredibly well. You already have been and you will continue that because you come from an incredibly powerful, authentic uh, platform and and uh, we're very honoured to have you on our new series, Women in Politics Independence Day. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Jane.
0: And if you would like to know how to contact Julianne, uh, how to help her, or if you've got any questions for her or any feedback, uh, just have a look below where you're watching this uh, or listening to this podcast right now. All of her details are there. And uh, I know that she would love to hear from you. And she would definitely like to hear from you if you'd like to help her on her campaign to uh, a Senate seat in Canberra for the next federal Australian election. And I've really enjoyed having your company once again. Thank you so much for tuning in and um, remember to subscribe so you never miss out on an episode and uh, or go to the website, www.janemorris.com Go to the podcast section, hit subscribe there. And what happens is you always get the first uh, episodes of every podcast that we produce. And we are absolutely thrilled to be bringing Women in Politics Independence Day 2022 for you. I'm Janie Morris. Until next time, I hope wherever you are in this amazing, beautiful world of ours, you have an absolutely fabulous day. And I look forward to your company next on Women in Politics Independence Day podcast.